0: Ephesians 5, beginning at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives her husband. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Dear congregation, we saw last time what Paul says to wives. And what Paul says to wives is this, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now let me ask, you, you know because you've heard it already, but, but what could Paul say to husbands at this point? I mean, he's just told their wives to submit to them. So, so, so what could he say to husbands? Well, he could say to husbands, okay, husbands, now rule your wives. He could say, okay, husbands, now, now make sure you keep your wives in line. That's not what he says, is it? not even close. No, Paul has told wives to submit to their husbands, and now he says to husbands, husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. That is the way you are to exercise your God-given authority in the marriage relationship. That is the way you are to use the power that God has given to you in the marriage relationship by loving your wives. This morning, we're going to consider the quality of a husband's love, the object of a husband's love, the patterns, two of them, patterns of a husband's love, and then finally, the goal of a husband's love. Those will be our four points this morning. So first, the the quality of a husband's love. If you spent any amount of time in church in your life, by now you've probably heard that in the ancient Greek language there were three primary words that could be used for love. There were more words, but there were three primary words. The first word is philia. This is the word that would be used to describe the the warm natural love that exists between members of the same family or close friends. In John 11 verse three, Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus informing Jesus of Lazarus' condition and they send Jesus word saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill the greek word there is philia that word describes the love that existed between jesus and his friend lazarus of course we know this word it's come into our language and vocabulary through the city of philadelphia which is the city of brotherly love the city of philadelphia's name is derived from this ancient greek word Note, well, that is not the word being used here in Ephesians um, 5.25 and following to describe the love of a husband for his wife. That's not the word that Paul is using. No, uh, the love of a husband is to be different uh, than the love of a man for his friend or the love of of a woman for her sister. The second Greek word for love is eros, eros. It is from this Greek word that we get the English word erotic and that helps you understand uh, what this word describes. This word describes passionate sexual love. I assure you that's not the word being used here uh, in Ephesians 5. In fact, nowhere in the Bible are God's people commanded to love someone with this type of love? And that makes sense because this love, eros love is is sinful and it's selfish. This love is concerned simply with having someone satisfy our sexual desires and impulses. It's this love, if we can even call it that, that a man experiences when he he looks at pornography or when he lusts after a woman who is not his wife. This love, this eros love, is a love that uses others. The third Greek word for love is You know, I bet. Agape, right? Agape. I want you to listen to how the theological dictionary of the New Testament describes this word. It says, in the word agape, the Greek finds nothing of the power or magic of eros and little of the warmth of philia. Often this word means no more than to be satisfied with something particularly characteristic are the instances in which agape takes on the meaning of to prefer or to esteem one person more highly than another," end quote. Now, I think it's most noteworthy that it's this word, agape, that is used in the Bible to describe God's love for sinners in Christ. John three sixteen for God so agapao, the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, all right? This is the love of God for sinners in Christ. To put it simply, if, if eros refers to the selfish love of sinners, which we see so much of in our world, agape refers to the selfless love of God in Christ. And it's this word, agape, that is used here in Ephesians 5 to describe the quality of love that a husband is to have for his wife. That means a husband is to love his wife with a love that that prefers her above all other human relationships. It means he's to love his wife with a love that is satisfied in her. And delighted by her it means he's to love her with a love that is concerned for her well-being over his own and with a love whereby he he uses his God-given authority to to lift her up and to crown her with dignity and honor as it were okay that's the quality of love a husband is to have for his wife second the object the object of the husband's love. It seems so obvious, and yet, I think it's worth pointing out. Paul says, husbands love your wives, your wives. Let's just hunker down on those two words, your wives, for a moment. Some husbands have a problem with that word, your. By that I mean, rather than loving your wife, you, you love someone else's wife. King David had a problem with the word, your. King David loved someone else's wife, and that didn't end well for him. Some of us too might have this problem. Some of us, by means of the internet, or by means of a show we watch on TV, or by means even of the the fantasies we indulge in about a coworker, we love someone else's wife. Husbands, that's not okay. God's word here is rebuking your sinful heart in these matters when it says love your wives. For other husbands, the the problem is, is not with the word your, the problem is with the word wives. For rather than loving your wife, you love your career. You love your hobbies. You love your friends. You love drinking beer. And your wife, well, she's just, she's just along for the ride. Note well if that describes you. If your wife has taken a back seat to your worldly pursuits, then God's word is coming after you this morning as well. You are to love your wife. Not your career. Not your hobbies. Not your friends. Your wife. Your wife is to be the object of your love third the patterns the patterns of a husband's love there are there are two patterns set forth in our text for husbands to to follow the first one is in the middle of verse 25 there we're told that husbands are to love their wives as christ loved the church So here we're told that husbands are to love their wives in the same way that Jesus loves his people. The way that Jesus has loved and does love his people, the church, is the pattern for the way in which husbands are to love their wives. So husbands, you might simply think of God's love in the gospel, you might think of the way that God has loved a sinner like you in Christ, and you're to recognize that is the way you are to love your wife. Now that said, Paul does give some specifics on what this means. It means husbands are to love their wives sacrificially. We see that at the end of verse 25 in those words, and gave himself up for her. That's what Jesus did for the church. Jesus gave himself up for the church on the cross so that we might receive forgiveness for our sins and peace with God through his blood. Jesus' love was sacrificial. Jesus' love for us involved the giving of himself. And this is the way husbands are to love their wives. They're to love their wives sacrificially. They're to love their wives by giving of themselves for her. Now, husbands, I think we ought to recognize that most of us will never actually have to die for our wives maybe one or two of us will but most of us probably will not be put in a position where we have to die for our wives and and therefore we do well to consider the lesser ways that we might love our wives sacrificially James Boyce tells of one wife who rightly said to her husband, dear, I know that you are willing to die for me. You have told me that many times, but while you're waiting to die, could you help me dry the dishes? (laughs) That's often the form that sacrificial love is going to take. I, I had to I have to chew on these things all week, right? And, I, and I, I have to apply them to my life or else I stand up here and, I, and I'm a hypocrite. And so um, I'm, I'm working on this this week and I'm, I'm reading that quote by James Boyce and it's making me laugh as well. And then, lo and behold, I have an opportunity to put this into practice, like very practically, okay? Tuesday night was open. On our family's calendar Uh, those nights have been rare with fall sports and things and so I had circled that night early in the week and said I am going deer hunting on Tuesday night Aaron also circled that night on the calendar and she's saying I really need to take Adrian Brooks to the store to run a couple errands and we are going that night and so I say to Aaron on Tuesday morning hey I'm going hunting tonight and she said well I was gonna take the kids out I was hoping you'd stay home with the little kids well at first I thought yeah no big deal I go hunting at my parents house I'll call my mom and pawn them off on grandma and I'll still go hunting so i call grandma and grandma's like sorry your dad and i are going out with friends tonight and now now i'm in a pickle right like oh what do i do now i know uh erin would have happily uh stayed home maybe not happily but she would have stayed home uh, and let me go hunting if i had pushed her on the matter uh but i resolved at work uh to to let her go out with the kids. And not only that, but I resolved not to complain about it. That was, that was I think, the big, the big part of this, right? Like, this is how I'm going to, to put this into practice. That is a real way I could do it this week. And often, husbands, I think that's the form that uh, sacrifice is going to take. I don't think I complained. I might have got close to complaining after you got home. But you can ask her about that for real. But I was really working hard on being a good sport about it. Anyway, husbands are to love their wives sacrificially. They're also to love their wives purposefully. All right, Loving your wife like Christ means to love her purposefully. We see this in verses 26 and 27. We're told there that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Okay, the point there uh, is that Christ loves the church for and with a purpose. And the purpose is that we might be holy and without blemish the purpose is that we will be beautiful and splendid in his sight all right this is the the direction that Christ's love is pushing us and pulling us and taking us he loves us with this purpose that will be holy and so it should be with a husband's love for his wife THE HUSBAND SHOULD LOVE HIS WIFE IN SUCH A WAY THAT SHE BECOMES INCREASINGLY splendid AND BEAUTIFUL IN THE SIGHT OF GOD AND MAN. I LIKE TO to THINK OF IT THIS WAY, A HUSBAND'S LOVE FOR HIS WIFE SHOULD AFFECT HER LIKE SUNSHINE AFFECTS A FLOWER. HIS LOVE should cause her to open up and radiate and beautify the world for God's glory. I think we've all seen women, at least I could think of a couple in my life, who've, who've sort of shriveled up and lost confidence because they've, they've lived with a harsh and unloving husband. In the same way, we, we've probably seen women who've really, they've really come out of their shell and, and they've really begun to radiate in ways that we've never before seen, precisely because they, they live with a husband who loves them, like Christ loves the church, right? These things happen. A husband's love or lack thereof can have these effects. Husbands, I wanna give you a little bit of homework, all right, hopefully today, I'll take it tomorrow. Yet, but but if you go beyond that, you failed. All right. Read Proverbs thirty-one verses ten through thirty-one. Right, go home and read that. Those verses set before us the beauty of a woman whose husband finds her excellent and precious. That's how that passage begins. Those verses set before us the beauty of a woman whose husband finds her excellent and precious. Go read those verses And ask yourself, does my wife look more or less like that woman after being married to me? Ask yourself that. Maybe even bring her into the conversation if you dare, right? Because those verses show you something of the effect that your love should have on your wife, all right? Your love should cause her to look more like the woman of Proverbs 31 rather than less. So you're to love her purposefully. You're to love her with a view to her becoming more and more the woman God has called her to be in Christ. So that's the first pattern for a husband's love. It's as Christ loved the church. The second pattern for a husband's love is set forth in verse 28. Here we're told in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own children. Bodies. Now, this pattern seems quite earthy compared to the first pattern. I mean, Christ's love for the church, that's a glorious and supreme pattern and example to follow. My love for my own body? You should have seen what I ate yesterday, right? That leaves a lot to be desired. But Paul has two good reasons for setting this second pattern before husbands. The first good reason is that he has told husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. And the fact is, Christ loves the church as his own body precisely because the church is his own body. Right, we see that in the text here. And therefore a husband, for a husband to love his wife in the same way, he has to love her as if she's his body. That's just what it means to love her as Christ loves the church. The second good reason, though, Paul gives husbands to love their wives as their own bodies is because their wife is, in a profound way, part of his own body. Paul reminds us of this in verse 31. Here in verse 31, Paul quotes Genesis 2:24. therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Okay, that, that's the reality of the marriage relationship. In marriage, God makes the two people, husband and wife, one. So husbands, you should, you should love your wife as your own body because she is, in a profound way, part of your own body. You and her are one flesh. Her being and existence is bound up with your being and existence. You go as she goes and vice versa. You know, m- many of us husbands, Are concerned with caring for ourselves. We eat right, we exercise, we read the Bible, we pray, we sleep, we do all of that in an effort to take care of ourselves, don't we? Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's good, that's right, that's proper, those are things we all should be doing in service to God. But Paul gives you another thing here you must do to take care of yourself. You must love your wife. He who loves his wife loves himself. Husbands, you can't love yourself as God calls you to without loving your wife. You can't. He who loves his wife loves himself. I recently found out that a man, before I was in ministry, I I worked with my dad doing some, some heating and air conditioning. And we got to know lots of people from other companies who we'd work on job sites with and interact with and made lots of friends. And I recently found out that a man who uh, I knew well, always had a lot of fun with, he, uh, he passed away. He was 57, um, we'd all say that's much too young, um, but he, he passed away. And, and when I heard he passed away, I was sad because I really enjoyed him, really appreciated him, had a lot of fun with him. But, but I wasn't honestly, terribly surprised because that man lived a rough life that man could not stop drinking that man smoked multiple packs a day he did not take care of his body and so when I found out he died like others I talked to we were sad but but we weren't surprised I mean that man had lived recklessly recklessly He was hard on his body. And his life ended much too soon because of it. But the husband, the husband who doesn't love his wife is also in some profound way hard on his body. That's what we're being told here. The husband who doesn't love his wife does not take care of himself. And if, if that husband dies young, Perhaps we shouldn't be all that surprised if we really believe the Bible. Fourth, the goal of a husband's love. This comes from verse 32. There Paul says, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Now, there's been no shortage of ink spilled throughout the history of the church over this verse and that's because up until now, Paul has been talking predominantly about the marriage relationship. He's been addressing wives and he's been addressing husbands. And now he says, oh, by the way, I'm talking about Christ in the church. And it's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're talking about Christ in the church? We thought you were talking about, about husbands and wives. But this phrase seems to be attached only to what Paul says at the very end of verse 31. And the two shall become one flesh. And the idea then being expressed by the phrase, this mystery is profound, is that within the the one flesh union of the marriage relationship, there is a mystery. There is a great truth. And it's the great truth of the relationship that exists between Christ and his church. That seems to be what Paul is saying here. And essentially then, Paul is saying that long ago in the Garden of Eden, when God established the marriage relationship with these words, the two shall become one flesh, God did so with an eye to what would happen with Christ and his people. Essentially, already in Genesis, Paul is saying God established marriage as a type and as a preview and as a shadow and as an illustration of the gospel and of the way in which God would be reconciled to sinners through the blood of his Son. Yes, in marriage the two become one, but in Christ also the two become one, don't they? Sinful man, estranged from God and separated from God, is reconciled to God and united with Christ because of his blood shed on the cross. And so what Paul is telling us here is that marriage was meant and is meant even now to be a picture of the gospel. The marriage relationship was instituted to show the world something of God's love for his people in Christ. And therefore the goal of a husband's love for his wife should be what? It should be to illustrate the gospel. The goal of a husband's love for his wife should be to show the world something of Christ's love for his people. And husbands, I think we do well to to think about that often and to ask ourselves the question often, right? What, what does it look like in this situation to love my wife as Christ loves the church? It's a very practical question you might ask yourself, especially, especially when you, know, you maybe become impatient with her, you maybe become irritated with her. Maybe she kindles your emotions in some negative way, right? You ought to ask yourself in those moments, okay, what does it look like right now for me to love my wife like Christ loved the church? what does it look like for me right now to illustrate the gospel in my relationship with this woman who has just really really ticked me off not that our wives do that of course but those are those are practical questions we might ask ourselves the goal of our love is to illustrate the gospel and especially in those times right especially in those times when our wife perhaps gets on our nerves we really have an opportunity, we must remember to do that, don't we? Because we continually do things that offend the Lord, and yet His love in Christ covers all of our sins. I wanna close this morning with two applications. The first application is to wives, or, or even to women who aspire to be wives someday. To you, I say, pray for your husband in this regard. Ask God to give your husband grace to love you this way. If you're not married yet, you hope to be married in the future, ask God to to give you a husband who loves you in this way. But the fact is only God can make a man love you like this, right? That's what you woman need to understand. Only God can make a man love you like this. Us men do not have the ability in ourselves. We are are sinful and we are selfish. We need God's help to love you this way. So pray for your husband in this regard. Ask God daily to help your husband love you like Christ loves the church. And if you think your husband's not loving you this way, I would encourage you to speak with him about that, right? Even a submissive wife influences her husband's in godly ways. The most impactful moments of my own life have been when my wife wife has sort of showed me where I have been sinning and outside of God's will, right? I would encourage you even to go that far but your husbands need your help to love you this way. Pray for them. Pray for them. Second, to husbands, right? To husbands. I told this story a couple weeks ago about a woman I knew whose husband passed away from cancer, and she proceeded to come into my office some months later and tell me that her marriage was difficult, her husband was harsh, and now that he was gone, she longed for a husband who would love her. Since then, I've had other women who heard that sermon, whether here or online, tell me that that was their same story. You know what that means, don't you? It means it's not an uncommon story. It means that to our shame, men, There are many women sitting in church every week who long to be the object of their husband's love. One of the sadder stories that I've ever heard is the story of Aidan Wilson Tozer. You might know him by his pen name of A.W. Tozer. He was a great theologian in the 20th century his writing has been and continues to be by god's grace a blessing to the church we've used his quotes on the cover of our bulletin from time to time because he frankly has some wonderful quotes he was a man of deep and profound insight into the things of god but he wasn't a great husband he wasn't a great husband in fact throughout his life he put a put theology and ministry and writing and preaching before his wife and his children. Aiden died in his mid-sixties. Again, don't be surprised when a man who neglects his wife dies before his time. He hasn't taken care of himself. That was the case with A.W. Tozer. He died in his mid-sixties. Sometime later, his wife, Ada, remarried a man named Leonard Odom. After she remarried Leonard Odom and was married to him for a few years, a friend inquired with her about her happiness. And this is how Ada responded. I've never been happier in my life. Aiden loved Jesus Christ. But Leonard Odom loves me. Don't take that the wrong way. You know exactly what she meant. And it's become increasingly clear to me that there are too many men sitting in churches today throughout West Michigan, probably throughout the whole country, who love their wives like A.W. Tozer. Men, do not love your wife like A.W. Tozer. Love your wife like Christ loves the church. Love your wife like Christ loves you. When he gave himself up for you on the cross to pay for your sins and to reconcile you to God and to secure your salvation for all eternity. All right, look to the cross, love your wife like that. Far too many, far too few men, excuse me, in the church today love their wife like that. I think I'm discovering there's an epidemic in the church today of Christian men who don't love their wives very well. Let's not be those men. Love your wife like that. Let the gospel transform your relationship with her. Let the gospel affect your attitudes towards her let the gospel enable you to give yourself up for her let the gospel cause you to love your wife in such a way that your children will say at your funeral dad loved Jesus and he loved our mom can you think of a life better lived than that I cannot may God make it so Let's pray. Lord God, I want to love my wife like Christ loved the church and I trust all the men here who love and trust the Lord Jesus Christ do as well. Father, to do that we need your help for we are weak and frail and sinful and have failed many times at this. Oh God, forgive us our sins and help us to love our lives wives like Christ has loved us it's in his name we pray amen